Welcome to the God Be Crazy podcast. We're your hosts, Christy Penny and Bonnie Thomas. We are best friends with a joint mission to tell the world all about this crazy God who loves us. What kind of crazy, you ask? Urban Dictionary defines crazy as someone who goes against the rules, a person who acts in a manner that normal society doesn't approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore even more evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome back to God Be Crazy. Well, to be perfectly honest with you all, we've had quite, um, I guess, pretty traumatic things happen in our lives since we last recorded um, the episode, Suffering Support Attach. Um, Little did we know when we recorded that episode, which is about supporting your friend or your loved one through a hard time. Little did we know that um, right before that would air, Christy, you went through the worst day of your life, yeah. pretty much. And so um, despite feeling all the emotions of the worst experience of your life, um, God has still asked us to press onward with this podcast and share that with some of you. So that's really hard. Yeah. And, um, you just, we cannot anticipate what is around the corner. And I've said it, I know on this podcast before is that we're either about to go through something hard. We are in something hard or we've just weathered something hard. And so, um, we're coming to you today, right in the middle of hard on January 9th, we were busy doing work as usual. And we get a call that changes, you get a call that changed your whole life. Yeah. Your mom called in high distress. And yeah, I couldn't understand anything she said. Yeah. Well, that happens. We lose our words whenever. Well, she was saying a bunch of words, but I, I couldn't understand any of them. Yeah. And then the line just went dead. The call dropped. And I was like, what the heck? So I quickly called back. No response. Called back again. No answer. I'm like, what is happening? I finally get her on the phone. And the only thing I can understand is ambulance and your dad. And the phone goes dead again. And we were in like. Where were we? Like in a city hall or something? Mm -hmm. And I turned at the door of that place. Like I said, I tried to walk out to understand better, thinking maybe it was too loud in the building where we were doing business. And so I just, I op swung open the doors of the building and I yelled, we got to go. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was the second time I yelled, we got to go now. Like, I think he's dead. Yeah. And this man who was doing business in the window beside us had come out whenever I was yelling this. And he's like, 
I'm so sorry for your loss and I'll pray for your family. And I'm just like, we have to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you stop what you're doing because you were doing paperwork for mm-hmm. the business. And so you stop what you're doing and we get to the car and on the way to the car, I'm just like, I can't do this if he's dead. Mm-hmm. And you've said to me, that's like the worst thing that could ever happen in your life. Yeah, because me and my dad, we were a lot alike and he understood me probably more than anyone else on earth understood me. And even if we didn't see eye to eye or we didn't have great communication or any other thing, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, I knew he had me. Mm-hmm. So, and he's the only person that I feel that way with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't want to do this life without him ever. And then in the middle of so many things and him being a part of some of them (laughs) and excited about them, it's just over. But there's no No, warning. No warning. Because it's not, there was no, he wasn't sick. He just fell over. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, that's that's a lot whenever it's it's two different grieving processes i mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. there's a different grieving process one that you know well yeah. um the process when you see a loved one through a traumatic event that is taking time mm-hmm. your mom you've talked about your mom had right. cancer and she passed away from that and it was a it was a battle and it was months and it was years years and Mm -hmm. there was lots of different stages of that grief Mm -hmm. and that's a that's a whole different kind of grief than the in the moment grief and at the same time you still have shades of the in the moment things like you and i've talked about um for me the fact I, i never thought that i would get up that day even what we were doing was for one of our businesses. And um, I never thought that I would get up that day and I wouldn't be able to pick up the phone that afternoon and um, talk to dad about what we had done that day or ask his advice or opinion or any of those things. I fully expected that morning when we went to make those arrangements that I would be able to tell him about those that mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. It never crossed my mind that I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, that is hard. And on the way there, so many things was, were going through my mind because we left that. I was like, we have to go. And we just jumped in the car and we drove straight to my parents' mm-hmm. house. And mm-hmm. my dad passed away at home. And so he was there. And um, when we were about... 20 minutes or so away because we were a good hour over an hour over an hour away um we were about 20 minutes away and i already knew nobody was telling me this but i just knew i knew 
I knew way earlier than that. I knew basically when we got in the car. I knew when I yelled through that door that I think he's dead. I already had that feeling that he was dead. And my mom just couldn't realize it yet. And um, when we were on our way, so many things were going through my mind that I just didn't, I just really didn't understand how on earth this could be the right time. <laughs> there were so many things that we had planned and that were God plans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, I was just, and I still am, obviously. Um, it's still fresh. Friday was, this past Friday was a month. And, um, I'm still not really okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we Who go, could be. We go through life and we do the things we're supposed to do. But even talking about this podcast and doing this, this is hard for me. Like, I, I'm struggling. And, we talked about in the episodes previous to this how to be a supportive person and all of these things, and we had no idea that that was fixing to be our reality, like yeah. in our face. Yeah, we were about to need that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I don't think I told you this, but in the wake of um, how hard all of this was, um, <laughs> I went back and listened to our podcast for that reason. I'm like... How exactly did she say she needed support? <laughs> I was like, I couldn't find all of that. You know, sometimes we record these things and then the exact details leave me. And um, so I was like, oh, I need to listen to my own podcast for my own advice about how to move through some of this. And um, I was like, it's just kind of funny. Sometimes we record podcasts for literally ourselves. <laughs> and I think a lot of times it's for ourselves, but. I know, but we did not have the energy. Neither you nor I had the energy to even promote that last episode. And I checked the other day after just not messing with it. Cause you know, we just don't have the bandwidth to keep up with it sometimes. And I looked at it and I was like, Oh snap. A lot of people are downloading this. We haven't even messed with it. So it's like, Holy Spirit can do the things, you know, we, it's just goes to show that he'll do what he wants. He doesn't necessarily need us. We just yeah show up weak. We're just, the, <laughs> we're just the mouthpiece and we, sh like you said, we show up weak and that's today is one of those days I am struggling to do this, but mm -hmm. I also want to be obedient to him and for whatever reason, he wants us to talk about these mm -hmm. hard things. So we're going to talk about these hard things today. Yeah. And um, we talked about earlier, just a minute ago, I was saying that about your mom and about how she had passed away and how you had had a long, drawn out period with her illness. And you went through like stages mm -hmm. of things because of how it played out and I mean I'm sure you could tell us more about that um as we go on but one of the things that I want to just make clear is that I had said you know it was different it was a different kind of grief because you had stages and you had I had preparation time and preparation <laughs> but I just want to make this clear even 
for some people, even though they have those times and that time to prep, they just can't because Mm -hmm. either they don't have the ability to think about life Mm -hmm. without their loved one or they really believe that there's going to be a miracle and their loved one's going to make it or for all the reasons there's tons and everybody has their own, you know, we can't put people in a box or limit them. Like we never know what someone's reason is going to be. Right. But if you are one of those people who had time and didn't take it, you may be like, yeah, well I had all this time, but it didn't feel like that to me because it still rocked my world when Mm -hmm. it happened Mm -hmm. just as if it had just happened. And when you and I were talking about like, you may have had time to prepare, but you didn't know, you still didn't know what you were going to be missing with the loss of your mom. For right. instance, right. when you were pregnant with your first child, your mom was alive. Yeah. But before your first child was born, your mom had passed. Mm-hmm. Very early, you know, weeks into the pregnancy, she passed. So when you had your firstborn, and you were doing what first time moms do, stressed out, crying, like wishing they could talk to their mom. Yeah. Especially with a with a woman. You know, you want to ask your mom, yeah. your grandma, your aunt. Really like just people. her presence. It wasn't even sometimes advice because she taught me a lot about how to be a mom in twenty nine years. I got a really good I got really good lessons. I just wanted her presence. No one, I can ask advice from smart people who know how to mother, but I can't sit in her presence and be comforted by her presence. Yeah. That's a big piece of it. I've heard you talk about your mom sometimes and some of the ways that she mothered you and the things that she said to you were things and words that you probably wouldn't get from most people because that's not most people's way that was her way Mm -hmm. and it was special to you and you may have had years or months to prepare for the loss of your mom but you didn't have the ability to prepare for what it would feel like to not have her right during that moment of your life with your firstborn and then the loss of a child you didn't have her there to talk to about that and to have her words and her comfort and her love you didn't have that and then the birth of your daughter you didn't have her there for that and you didn't have the ability to prepare for what that would feel like even though you'd already had a child you'd lost a child and now you're having a another child you still didn't have her there you didn't have the ability to prepare for that and you didn't know what it would be like because you had a son and now you had a daughter and it's different mm-hmm. people weren't the yeah. same having i was a mother daughter i had a mother daughter relationship again i just wasn't the daughter yeah <laughs> and so that returned to me with the birth of my daughter because i got to experience the mother-daughter relationship again and that was a bittersweet thing it still is like it's so beautiful I love it and I cherish it and at the same time I'm sad about it yeah yeah 
because my mother would so delight in those babies. And you're right. You oh, you bring up sad things, man. Gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, um, this is yeah. This is this is a legit, real <laughs> conversation. Um, and I hope that for those that are listening, like sometimes people just you just move about your life, and the real hard things, like what you and I are talking about right now. These hard things just get shoved into a back closet. Yeah. And if you've gone through, and we've been praying, leading up to your dad's death, we had a handful of people and families that we have been praying for. Yeah. Some of you may be listening, but you've lost teenagers in car accidents. Yeah. You've lost young children to cancer. Yeah. You've lost, uh, overnight, one of your friends lost her teenage daughter. Yeah, and there is such immense loss, and then for this to have happened, we have been praying for many of you that had these sudden losses. Someone else, their husband, got a terminal diagnosis and was dead within a few months. Yeah, just one after the other, and then this tragedy hits, and we're prompted to talk about it, and I'm like. I feel surrounded by it. And if we're only two people on planet Earth, how many other people have just met the darkest day of their life? And whenever you meet it and you're surrounded by maybe other people who don't get it like you or don't feel the weight of that, because your dad was loved by a lot of people, but nobody had your relationship with your dad and meant what your dad means to you. And so... A buddy can come up and say, hey, I loved your dad or, you know, a coworker. But it, it, this loss is on a level that some people just can't comprehend. Yeah, if you haven't had that loss. And even still, let's be fair, like, just because someone has lost a parent, they may not have had a relationship with that parent or they may not have been close to them and it may not have hit the same Y'all, I've lost other people in my life that I loved and cared about. But this loss for me is completely different. It is, it has rocked me. And there's not been a single day since it happened that I haven't cried, that I haven't cried out, that I haven't just asked for my dad and asked, God to show up because I'm struggling and I know that there are people out there that are thinking the same thing that they are struggling with whatever that loss is for them another thing that um, has come up frequently in discussions that we've had since this has happened is allowing yourself permission to grieve in whatever way that you need to if that means that you need some time and space to yourself even in the midst of all the people wanting to come over and visit Mm -hmm. take that time Mm -hmm. even if it's frowned upon by everyone else Mm -hmm. that's what you need if you need space or people to touch you less i I needed people (laughs) i needed people not to touch me I I didn't want a hug 
and it was for a lot of reasons, but the main one was because I was doing everything that I could possibly do to keep myself from falling apart. And I was afraid that if anyone touched me that I wasn't going to be able to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it may have looked standoffish to people or like, but I don't want you to touch me. But the truth was I wasn't ready to fall apart. Yeah. I was going to fall apart, but I needed to do that alone in my way, in my Mm -hmm. time and not with everybody else because I don't grieve like that. I'm a private person and I wanted to scream my screams by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You told me that you were like, we're just going to do the business. Like, Do what needs to be done. Do the next thing. That's what you're like. If you need to do that, go do that somewhere else. Yeah. Like, well, mine hits immediately. Yeah. You were expressing your emotions <laughs> I did. very vocally. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that yet. We're, you can do that, but don't, don't do that over here in the house with us. <laughs> <laughs> go contain it. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. And I think I actually you did. said that word, mm-hmm. contain that. And that mm-hmm. is just because if you do that and then you touch me, I'm going to lose mine too. And I, that wasn't what I needed to do in the moment. And so mm-hmm. I just, if you're grieving, it's okay. Whatever that looks like for you, you don't owe an explanation to anyone else. For your process. For your process. Yeah. Whatever it looks like, however you do that, as long mm-hmm. as you're not harming someone else, you know, like I'm not yeah. giving you permission to yeah. harm people, but whatever you need to do to take care of you, do that until um, God asks you to do something different. <laughs> and for me, I say that because God said, I need you to do a podcast. <laughs> and I said, I didn't want to, and it was a fight, and it was real hard, and ultimately, I am doing a podcast because it's my belief that what God wants me to do is more important than what I think I need, Mm -hmm. and um, I trust Him, and I know that even in all of this, Mm -hmm. God is still sovereign, and He's still good, Mm -hmm. and He is still for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. So mm-hmm. we podcast. And then I got to go back to falling apart if that's the <laughs> part of the grief process that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. And whatever that looks like, uh, for you, that could be, you know, for another person that could be just literally getting up and putting food in your mouth. Like a lot of people that are just rocked by sudden 
grief, sudden death or something, you know, what we're talking about is it's just hard to just the basic functions like eating. You, most people either lose their appetite or yeah. eat a lot and um, grow an appetite um, or your sleep is disturbed. Like lots of things just get hijacked by the the trauma and the impact of that loss and um and um it's you know I have many people that have told me that they just don't even remember like the day or two after or people tell them they said or did certain things they're like I don't remember any of that they were just checked out yeah and um that's part of what some people do when they cope is they just it's too painful to live in and that's not always even a choice. Sometimes it just gets too hard and our brains just flip right. a switch that's built in and wired in all of us. <clears throat> and so um, like to be patient with each other about how we respond. If you take a room full of family and friends that have been impacted by a loss, like they're all different. Yeah. They're just different. And it doesn't have to be like a better or a worse or a good or a bad, but it just is different. And so maybe we could all also honor the ways that things are different. You and I are incredibly different and we have to remind each other of that all the time. Whenever you have a preference that is totally not my preference or just a, (laughs) and we're like, we just look at each other like we are different, (laughs) you know? And that day when this happened, it was like, I was, almost immediately crying and you were like mm-hmm, wrap that up yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean I'm, I'm I mean I, I did have yeah. tears streaming but at the same yeah. time I was very business to the front you know mm-hmm. what I mean I worked in the ER for eight and a half years and when someone comes in coding it's not time to freak out it's time to what what's the next right thing to do and you just do those things and when all those things are done and the patient's gone and the family's gone and you're cleaning up the room, then you can fall apart if you need to, but not in that moment. In that moment, what what are we doing? What needs mm-hmm. to be done? And I just, that's the mode I go into. And it, I recognize that that's definitely not a mode that most people go into, but that's how I'm wired. So it work, worked for me, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I wasn't by any stretch of the, imagination I wasn't telling you not to have feelings or not to cry I was just like what I said was it you can do that but if you need to do that you need to do that here in the car because I want to go in the house and that can't come in here mm-hmm. <laughs> in this moment mm-hmm. and um you were able to take a breath and mm-hmm. come in with me and I really appreciate that by the way and <laughs> I know that wasn't your wasn't your process, and it's hard. And I just tough one. I just want to to let everyone know that however long it takes you, it takes you. Whatever ups and downs and roller coasters Mm -hmm. of emotions that you have to go through, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if someone is rushing you along on the process. Tell them, Mm -hmm. this is my process and it's 
going to take what it takes. And I appreciate you being concerned about me, but it would be more helpful if you could give me some space to process this. And if I need something different, I, maybe I will ask. And not everybody has those words. That's how I operate. Well, I was about to say, that's a really good script. We need to write that down. <laughs> that's really good. Like if I were listening, I'd be like, mm, okay, I'm going to use that. Or I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, you just need to be able to say, you know, I need to feel this, how I feel it and however long I feel it. Because grief, I even people are already sometimes judging themselves. There are so many people I hear these stories where they're like, I thought I should be over this by now. It's been X amount of years or, you know, it's been 20 years and I know the anniversary of you know, this event is happening, but good grief, like what's wrong with me? And, uh, you're going to remember the most painful day of your life. If it happens, um, for the rest of your life, it doesn't go away. And as we know, and we say the body keeps the score, you know, there's a, a memory map in your brain and in your body and it remembers things and it pulls those filing cabinets open, whether or not you want it to be open. Yeah. And so I say the same thing about, various stages of my grief, um, as you know, not just with my mom, but just the loss of, um, relationships, you know, that I'm, you know, grieving people that are still alive, you know, that's mm -hmm. another kind of grief is like, even though there are many people that are alive that you have to grieve and it just hits you and various emotions hit you. And that's just part of grief. It, when you think it's over, it cycles back around in different ways. And not even just people, any loss, you can grieve any loss. It could be people, pets, jobs, um, mm -hmm. homes, like right. Right. relationships of any kind, like anything. Mm -hmm. You can have grief for those that loss. That is one inevitable thing that this life brings. Loss, is, loss and grief are something that we encounter in a cyclical way. Yeah. And so if you find yourself that you're listening to this and it's bringing up something that you thought was buried and gone or mostly resolved and here it is pulled out again, that's normal. Yeah. It's just part of being human and part of the process. And maybe this time when it comes up, instead of being like, Oh wow, is this coming up again? I wish I could get, past this or this is so mm -hmm. dumb or this is I shouldn't be doing this maybe this time when that comes up you can say to yourself this is hard and we're going to get through it whatever that means mm -hmm. whatever that takes and it's okay mm -hmm. yeah kind of like having the the grace that might be easier to extend to others, you give to yourself because, yeah. you know, some people find it easier to give it to themselves and some people find it easier to give to others. But in any case, um, it's, it's a normal thing that is, it, it may not be your normal though. You right. know, like if you're a pretty like emotionally balanced, even killed person, and then you get rocked with a tragedy 
Um, it's not your normal to fall apart all the time. It's not your normal. Your normal is to just, you know, you may, you know, typically when things are hard, you may just take a hit and keep going and that's just what you do. But then when you hit, (laughs) you hit a tragedy or, or have an event that is just another level of, um, loss, then, you may not be able to go back to that so easily. And that's pretty typical as well. So just take the the circumstances and the impact into consideration. Um, that is, that's something that we have to be aware of. So with great, great loss, it, it means there's going to be a, a, a much longer process perhaps to, making sense of it and getting back to some sense of what normal was. Yeah. And that's, that's something else I've heard a lot in the last little bit is you'll find a new normal or got to get back to normal or mm-hmm. I, I just, when someone says it to me, I just look at them like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're actually trying to say with that. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, Like, can you say that's not helpful? Yeah, I think you can. Like, people maybe don't, but I think you should be able to say that, especially if you're saying that to someone who is supposed to be your friend or Mm -hmm. someone who loves you, Mm -hmm. in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that a lot of times that people say the, the things that they say, because they really want to offer you some comfort Mm -hmm. or to, if it's been a few weeks and you're still, we, we use the term sad mopey sack. (laughs) And I say that all the time. I'm like, I'm a sad mopey sack. And like, if I'm a sad mopey sack, we want to see the people in our lives get that spark back, you Mm -hmm. know? And so we, we try to offer things that we think are going to be helpful Sometimes those things aren't helpful. And if we're being honest, we can think about the time that someone said those things to us in our worst day or when we're going through those things. And it's just not. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's better just to be quiet and be there. And if we're honest, I think that happens sometimes. If I'm honest with myself, I think sometimes when I've done that, And I hate that I've done it to anyone, but I've noticed um, when that happens to me and I'm wanting someone, I'm wanting them to feel better because there's a, it's, it's the energy in the room obviously feels better. It feels better to see your friend happy rather than see your friend sad. And And maybe sometimes it just is more comfortable for you to be sad. Yes. I think grief makes people uncomfortable, sadness and loss and you know, depression that makes people uncomfortable. And sometimes I think you have to, I think we all have to be um, aware of how we're affected by other people's grief and sadness and the rush to get through it is also kind of, it can be selfish. Like I'm ready for you to be over this so that I don't have to sit in this with you, or I don't have to see you like this because that's hard for me. And that takes, some real honesty on the part of the person who's saying that because 
No one wants to think of themselves as selfish. They want to think of themselves as helpful. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, friend, like whenever you've been sad, mopey sack, like I want you to be happy because I don't like seeing you sad, but it is also true that I'm like, I kind of want to be excited about something. Come be excited with me. And you're like, yeah, I can't do that. Like this is, this is where I'm at, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't have any right to ask you to do or try to do anything different because I've been in your shoes to some degree, not the exact same way, but I've lost someone, a parent that I deeply, deeply loved. And so many times whenever um, you're feeling what you're feeling, I'm, I'm reliving what I've lived in. And it brings up my old grief. And I'm like, oh, I have to, I need to hold yours. And I got to go redeal with mine. <laughs> you know, that, that, that happened. So I guess that in a nutshell, us talking about you talking about this horrible day that has met you, that has come, is hopefully going to resonate with someone somewhere and probably many someones that have just met their darkest and hardest day. And I hope that whoever is listening to this and that resonates with you, that you are not alone in it, that there is a God who sees and we certainly see, and we've been prompted to pray for people we really don't even know in situations that we don't even, we're really not involved in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a beautiful thing that, that the Holy Spirit can prompt people. He certainly prompts us to pray for some of you and some people we really don't know every single day. I think if we actually called up to people we've been praying for every single day, they'd be probably pretty shocked that someone has been prompted to diligently pray. And because you don't know, sometimes not knowing, you wonder if you're forgotten or if someone has, especially when grief happens and you lose someone, like people move about their lives after the, the shock of it all. And the funeral's over and the, you know, everyone's sent their, fun sent their flowers and, and written their cards and all of those things. Like people go back to their normal lives and they forget about how you just got rocked. And some of them forget about those things before the funeral's even over. You know, one of the things I've sadly seen through all of this is people that I thought were my friends or that I thought were people that I could lean on haven't even picked up the phone or showed up. Yeah. And I think this is a great reminder for people who use the excuse that they're so busy in their life. The truth is we all make time for the people we want to make time for. And that's what the truth is. We can be busy in our careers and our families and with 
other obligations. But the truth is, if you want to spend time with someone or you want to make time for someone, we all have that availability and we can do it, period. So if you're using that excuse in your life and you realize that you've put people that matter to you on the back burner, maybe you should take this as a reminder to remember and to reach out to the people that you say mm-hmm. are important to you. Yeah. Because I know there are a lot of people that use this, especially the love word. I love you. No, yeah. you don't love me. You know how I know you don't love me? Because I haven't seen you. I haven't mm-hmm. felt you. You haven't showed up to give me a hug. You haven't picked up the phone to talk to me. You sent me a text once in a month, maybe twice, or a yeah. Facebook message that said, hey, so sorry to hear about this. Your dad was a great guy. The end. If you need anything, let me know. Well, sometimes whenever you're in the midst of the hardest thing you've ever done, you can't think to say, And I need to let somebody know I need a friend. (laughs) I didn't think I needed to let my friends know that. Mm -hmm. I thought my friends knew that. So I feel, I think I feel that way because had the role been reversed, I would show up. Oh, I know you would. And it is interesting watching that. And I say all of that to say this, if you are one of those people who just haven't got around to checking on your friends and you re- you really do care about them mm-hmm. like you say you do, mm-hmm. just check on them. It's important. Mm-hmm. I agree. And even as you talk, like I'm like, well, I just said that we've been prompted to pray. We've been diligently praying, like really feeling the call to do that. And um, I there are a few people that I need to call and say, you know what? I've, I have been diligently praying for you. I want to check in or, Hey, you don't know me, but God has really messed me up about your situation. (laughs) And I just want you to know that I, he loves you, you know, not everyone on my list, but there are a few that are popping into my head. So maybe I need to, maybe I need to sit with that as you say that. I mean, if you feel that way, you definitely should say that. Like, I think whenever the Holy Spirit prompts us to to say something to someone, we should definitely be in prayer about that and see if that's really what he wants. And if it is, then we totally should do that. It's like letting them know, hey, he prompts, you know, he hears and he sees. And sometimes people need people, even though we all need God. Sometimes you need some, like someone to literally say those words or to remind you of that. I know I need that sometimes. I know there's been many times that I've said to God, like, um, I know you hear me. I know you are there. I know you're God. I know, you know, but, um, I need a human. I need somebody to tell me that. Or who, who's your hands and feet? Can you send them to me? Because I, I need that. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God.